0: So the Lord has really quickened this word in my heart. And I wanna talk to you tonight about being citizens of the kingdom. Citizens of the kingdom. And I pray that you'll have an open heart and an open mind. I'm probably not gonna share anything that you don't know, but maybe challenge your heart just a little bit to to step up and pursue more of the Lord than you ever have uh, uh, before. I believe with all my heart, God is doing great things. Now, you guys know me. I'm with people all the time. I'm talking to ministers. I'm seeing things happen. And I see, I I, I hear different messages. It's almost like everything gets clouded. I, I remember my friend, uh, Ed Dufresne, that went to be with the Lord. He's out of the Uh, faith camp we've got children's ministry if you guys want to take the children back there's children's ministry back there if somebody helped them would be greatly appreciated uh just so they they would know um ed ed ran with guys like ken copeland and all those and i never will forget ed saying something he said i don't go everywhere and i don't listen to everybody he said I go to conferences they've asked me to be a keynote speaker they'll have they'll have five or six nights of different speakers and he said you got one guy taking you this way you got one guy taking you that way you got one guy taking you that way and he said by the time we leave there we don't know where we're going and he said I've learned to stay within He called it within his camp and in his tribe. And I think there's a measure of truth in that, but yet I think there's a broader thing of what God is doing. I think there's a lot of people looking for a miracle to happen instead of being the miracle of God. I really believe that. Instead of this thing being our lifestyle and flowing from us naturally, we are satisfying ourselves for a moment instead of living a life that people are looking at us and they are wowed by what God is doing. Let me let me let's just get into what I've got tonight because you're already looking. Okay, what does he say? So let's talk about what a citizen is, first of all. Definition. A citizen is illegal illegally recognized subject or, na- or, or national of a state or commonwealth either native or naturalized he's a legally recognized subject to a certain place we're all here citizens of the united states because we were born into this country i go to other countries i'm there but not as a citizen i'm a visitor but a citizen, remember what it says, it's legally recognized. Another definition means an inhabitant of a particular town. Another uh, definition says a naturalized, a naturalized person who owns allegiance to a government and is entitled to the protection of it. I thought, wow, that's pretty, pretty good because of me being a citizen I do have I do have rights and am and entitled of certain things to, to take care of us. Here's another definition: an inhabitant of a town who is entitled to the rights and privileges as a free man. So when we start talking about being citizens, we're talking more. Uh, we're, we're we're talking about we're talking about we have legal right to dwell there and we have legal right for the protection of and we have legal right for all the blessings of that particular kingdom. And when we talk about a kingdom, we're not talking about a piece of land or place. We're literally talking about a government. We're talking about a rule. We're talking about an executive uh, an executive place that we can go and live in authority and walk in authority in it. You know the problem with us as Americans, we live we live in a democracy. And that democracy says, I have a right. That democracy tells me I can vote. Well, it's good in one sense, but as believers, but as children of God, let me say it like that. As born again believers, the Bible teaches us, and I'm going to show you that we are far more than just visitors. We are far more than just acquaintances. We are far... Far more, uh, we're far more than even just being believers and Christians that we we know of. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. The Bible. Think about these verses tonight. I think they're going to put them up, and well, they're they're not going to put them up. Y'all don't have to. I've got too many to go. First Peter chapter two verse nine says this. Y'all know this verse, but you are a chosen generation, a royal. Priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Isn't that what the Bible said? I didn't turn there. I just thought I could quote that, but I just want to make sure that I'm saying that right because I want you to see what the Bible says. Where's Peter at? He's in he's in the he's in the New Testament. There he is. He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now he's talking kingly. He's talking about that kingdom and you are a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Miss Judy, that's not something new. Matter of fact, that is a that is Peter really being reminded of what God said way back there in the book of Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. When God brought his people out of Egypt and he brought them to Sinai, the first thing that God speaks to him, he says something like this. He says, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people for all the earth is mine. Now, therefore, if you, and he said, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And he said, these words, you are to speak to the children of Israel. He said, you are a citizen of another world. We are in this world, but we are not of it. We are of the kingdom. We are of the provision of God. Matter of fact, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says, uh, declares this. I love the book of Ephesians. But in chapter 19, it says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. He said, we're more than just church members. We are people of God's kingdom. Most of our Christian life of what we declare evolves within the four walls of what we call church. I believe church is always going to be a part of our life. I believe it ought to be a part of your life. We can't really do without it. I don't understand people that don't want to be a part of the church, but it's there. But the reality of the kingdom is not limited to the four walls of this church, nor that citizenship, but everywhere I go. Because Jesus said in one place, I believe it's in the book of Matthew, and I didn't write this verse down, so I'm just going to quote it. Jesus said the kingdom is not with observation. What do you mean, Pastor? It's not with observation. In other words, you're not going to find a sign that says this is the kingdom of God. Like, Like I go drive here, let's go to Jackson. I never will forget when me and Diane started driving over here. Mert Patterson and John and several of the others They, you know, when I first came, it was, we, y'all know, we just celebrated 25 years. I remember the first time I came, came over here and, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to fill in. It wasn't the first Sunday. Mert and John Patterson, y'all, some of y'all don't know them. They're already gone to be with the Lord. They were given the assignment to take me and Diane out out to dinner. And I thought, okay, we're going somewhere really cool. So we wind up going to the hospital, eating there. I thought, well, isn't that an interesting place? And, And then it really happened. And then, and then I remember as I kept coming over, as I kept coming back and you know, sitting talking up, well, we're going to go to Jackson this week. Okay. Man, that must be somewhere far because I didn't know anywhere but Cape, Cape Girardeau. That must be somewhere across the country or somewhere. We're going to Jackson. I heard, we're going to Jackson this week. Like, that's on Sunday. We'll be there on Thursday. And I thought, okay, wherever that is, it's going to be. I didn't realize it was five minutes up the road. There was a distinction. There was a line. So I believe the scripture is declaring when he's saying it's not a physical thing, a piece of ground that you're going to see because the kingdom is within you. So now everywhere you go, when I go into my workplace, now because I'm there, the kingdom of God is being established in that place. See, this is one of the things that you and I have really got to realize. We've got to step beyond being Christians. I'm going to show you some more about this in a moment. That when I go into a place, I am carrying the kingdom of God, and I, as an ambassador of heaven, now has been assigned to go in and bring a declaration and declare that now every demonic stronghold and whatever else is there is off limits, and I've got to begin to declare the rule and the. Life of God in that place. She so said, She so said, there, he said, You're chosen for this. Now, can we believe that we could live a life in such a way that it brings an honor and a glory to God? Not by anything we could do, but by just living the life. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about living the life of the kingdom. Because Jesus said, you shine as lights. Remember what he said in 1 Peter 2, 9. He said that we should show forth the praises of him. I believe we ought to look for miracles. I really believe that. But Isaiah said in Isaiah 8.18, you and this people, God has given to be for signs and wonders. So I want to tell you, I'm looking at signs and wonders right here in this room. And everybody you come in contact ought to be seeing something through your life that is pointing them to something greater than where they are and that will minister to the need of what they have. We're called to be signs and wonders just by the lifestyle that we live. That's why I'm going to take you more, and I want to show you some things about that kingdom. Matter of fact, let me prove one of my favorite verses. I've used this a lot in the last couple of years, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And, you know, that's that covenant blessing chapter where God said if you obey me if you follow my ways and such as this all of these blessings are gonna come on you and overtake you but then he said this he goes in blessed are you going to be in the city blessed in the country blessed in the fruit of your body I mean there wasn't one thing of them not blessed by God not one part of them was going to be able to be seen or uh, not seen that wasn't didn't have the hand of God upon them because God said you may not be the greatest nation you may not be the largest country but I'm going to do something with you that's going to make all the nations around you jealous of you because of my hand upon you, and you could read through all of those blessings, but I like verse 9 and 10, for he said, the Lord will establish you to a holy people to himself, just as He sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and you walk in his ways, look at here, here's the verse, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. They'll see, they'll know you, they'll know you. Now, for the most part, I don't know if that's that's visible in every one of us. I don't know if it is for me. I'm going to use a simple thing. A number of years ago, I remember pulling up to Walmart, and I noticed this nice black Mercedes SUV pulling up. And it was nice. Tinted black glass, solid black car, black wheels. I mean, man, it got my attention. But what got my attention more than the car is the guy that got out of it. Because when he got out of it, he had on a black shirt and he had on black slacks and he had on black socks and he had on black shoes and he had a white collar right here. I knew there was no question who he was. Now it's a simple illustration. But you know the reality, I shouldn't have to have a fish around my neck, a tattoo on my arm. I shouldn't have to pack this big Bible or this big thing around me, declare, hey, I'm a child of God. No, I believe we ought to be living in such a fashion, the kingdom manifesting through our lives in such a way that everybody, man, there's something different about you. It may not, I don't have to be weird, but I could just go into a place and sit down. And my presence ought to change the atmosphere that people know. Wait a minute, where are you from, Jack? We had a pastor friend in Paducah. He's a, he's a rarity of God. There's a few guys like this I know. He walks in the room, Steve, Steve uh, Geller, walks in the room. I'm, I'm telling you, he's like a light bulb. Everything shoop, Everything gravitates to him. He don't have to say it works. There he goes. I don't know what it was about. Maybe personality, maybe all this. He, you, you know, he didn't do anything, you know, extravagant, but that's where it was. But I believe as kingdom people, the more we understand about who we are and realize what is working, the power of God working inside of us, that's what ought to be happening when you walk in a room. Who is that? I remember a number of years ago getting to go to Bush Stadium on open day and President Bush walking out to throw the first pitch. And I never will forget it being about 10 rows off of third base. And and when he walked out, he walked out, he had a bomber jacket on. You know, they announced the president of the United States. And this is the honest truth. The moment he began to walk out, tears began to flow. I don't know why, I just felt something. He's just a man like you and I, puts his britches on just like you and I did. But there was something about the position of authority that he was stepping in that resonated in my heart, Miss Judy. And I began to, I mean, I was almost trying to cover myself up thinking people are gonna think I'm weird because I'm feeling that so strongly. But I really, truly believe church. That's how they ought to be. Not seeing me, but seeing the Christ in us. The hope of glory. Let's go to Matthew three. Are you okay? I'm not gonna tell you I'm an expert on all of this. I'm pursuing to know more. But in Matthew chapter three, it's interesting. That the New Testament starts out, and everything about it, if you look at it through the eyes of the kingdom, everything in there is all about the kingdom of God manifesting in the earth. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this is what John was saying it's coming, it's close. It's coming, it's close. And then he goes on to say, and there one, there's one that's gonna come after me whose shoe latchets I'm not worthy to unloose because he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, when we think about the Holy Ghost and fire, we see that meeting. We see, that, we see that room where we're running and shouting and we're having a great time. Well, that may have been part of it, but I think there was something more to that as you look in. Why? Because the only way into the kingdom of God is that you are birthed into it by the Spirit of the Lord. I'll show you that in a moment. It's the working of the Holy Ghost. He was opening a way for every one of us to come into the kingdom. And then in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, Jesus comes on the scene. He's been baptized and he's come out of the wilderness. And now in chapter 7, verse 17, and from that time Jesus began to say, Repent. The word repent has a change of mind. You got to change the way you're seeing things. You got to change the way you're moving. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. Now he's saying it's at hand, it's here. Because the king of the kingdom is here. It's here. It's among us. It's dwelling among us. And then here's something so interesting. The first thing that happens, Jesus starts calling disciples to follow him. He begins to see Peter and Andrew. They were in their boat fishing. He said, Hey guys, follow me. And then he sees the sons of Zebedee, James and John. He said, Hey guys, follow me. And these were his words. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now I want to give you something I believe is interesting in that point, why he did that. Because Jesus, it seems like in the Scripture, God always shows us the promise of the kingdom before he shows us the entrance and the how of the kingdom. Because we won't move any other way. Why do I want to go anywhere else? It'd be just like me if I give somebody an opportunity. If I give somebody, I'm, I, I think there's a better opportunity in St. Louis. You know, again, when we came here, when we came here 25 years ago, believe it or not, an hour, a little bit over an hour away, we had people in this room that never ventured to St. Louis. We took a load of kids to go on a trip. Some of them had never been to St. Louis to see the arch, an hour and a half away from them. Why would I want to go anywhere else? Because this is it. So what did Jesus do? He got their attention by what was on their heart. We're fishermen. This might be a good witnessing tool sometime to even win people. See, we go at them and we're telling them all of this great thing. You need to be this and you need to be that. Sometimes you just got to meet people right where they are and get interested in what they're interested in. So the moment he said, let's go fishing, they followed. See, I don't know if they fully understand. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. But they did understand about fishing. So there must be something supernatural about this guy. I remember we had a couple years ago in Paducah uh, that wanted to take us out to lunch. The, the, this couple, the wife, you know, she was on fire for God. The husband, he just showed up. And they wanted to take us to dinner. And we're gonna have to drive a distance to go where they wanted to go. And I'm thinking, this is going to be one trip. Because he didn't say two words. So we're in this car and we're going. I knew what he was interested in. He liked race cars, he liked cars. So I just got interested in what he did. I started asking him about cars, it was amazing. I had more conversation with him in that car for 30 minutes to an hour drive to the restaurant than I had in the years he had been in the church because I got interested. I began to talk about what he understood and what he knew. And all of a sudden now I've got his attention and I'm pulling him my way in my direction. Do you ever think about this? The children of Israel, are you all okay? Okay. The children of Israel, when they were in, the, in bondage, you know how they got out of there? 400 years of bondage. You know how they got out of there? Jesus gave, or God gave them a promise. I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. Wow, that sounds good. We're eating bread is scarceness over here. We're eating leeks and onion. And man, if I can get some, if I can get some milk, and I know that means something different than just milk and honey. It's talking about the lavish, the lavishness of the place. But, but if I could have something like that, you, you know, verse, hey, what are y'all having for lunch? Well, we're having leeks and onion. And they talk over here, well, we're having Popeye's chicken, and we're going to throw some steaks on the grill. Chad has made some ribs. I know where I'm going. I'm going to go over here. So he gave but that's not how Moses addressed Pharaoh. Because when he went to Pharaoh, this is what he said to Pharaoh. Hey, let my people go. God said, let my people go that they can come worship me. Think about that for a moment. He didn't address them that way. He talked to them about a promise. But he talked to Pharaoh. These people have got to be let go because they are worshipers of God. So let them go that they can worship him. Those guys really weren't interested in worship right yet. They're trying to survive. Think about that for a moment. Because I've learned something in the last day. Not everybody close to, is even close sometime to where you and I are. I talked to somebody the other day trying to minister to them. I thought, you know, simple stories I grew up with and I could tell. And the look in there, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, do you? I'm not talking about a down and outer. I'm talking about somebody that's got, it, got their act together. It seems like they've got a sharp mind and able to do things. That really taught me something real quick. How easy it is for us to forget, oh, you guys need to just come and get in this glow. Of, and they're saying, what? Sometimes we got to meet them right where they are. So how did Jesus do it? He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Now let's go to the next part of uh, of that verse. Let's go to verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What was his message? It was the king. Guys, there's a better life. And then he did something. And he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Here's something what you and I really need to get grasped. Most of us in this room probably already know this, but we need to grasp this. God's will is for every one of us to be well and whole. That's the will. If it wasn't, why did he heal those people? The reason he healed them I don't know, maybe there were five, maybe there were 10, maybe there were a couple, but notice what happened. He said, I'm gonna heal a few folks because there's a whole bunch out there that needs healing and this is what's gonna happen. The moment they see healing, they're gonna start running. I'm confident of this. People are not looking for a hot shot service. They're looking for someplace to come and get their need met, whatever it might look like. They're desperate. They want somebody, something. You know, I've told you this in the last couple of weeks. That verse in John chapter 6, you know, Jesus had his disciples. He's teaching all these people, a group of them leaving because he said this, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Now, he said that because, Charlie, if I understand right, he was feeding them that day natural food. But he said, that's not going to give you eternal life. He said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And some of them walked away from him because they couldn't grasp that. And then Jesus watched the rest of them as they're hanging around. And he says these words, you're only following me because I've given you bread and fish. Now, we've always made a negative out of that, but he was making a point to us. If you will meet them at the need, they will follow us to him. Hello. The kingdom of God is supposed to have answers for this world. I'm confident somebody prophesied to me the other day, said, you're going to be involved in government. Y'all know I've been involved with, I've been, you know, I, you, you know where I'm at. I talked to, you, you know, I. Well, y'all know where I'm at. And somebody asked me, are you gonna run for office? And I thought, well, you know, I, I could, and, and maybe I should, But I said, i also wanna be in this place that I can be an encouragement and a supporter and I wanna be able to be in a place if I get a word from God, I can walk into the office of of one of the officials and says, thus saith the Lord. And I really believe that's where we ought to be. Every one of us in this room because we carry kingdom authority. And if we're going to establish the kingdom in those places, then Miss Norma, we've got to get up and we've got to get ourselves involved and we've got to get in position, not so that we can turn Washington, but that we can bring the kingdom of God and see it manifested where we are. Sometimes we just need to be tweaked a bit. But notice what happens. So he heals a few people. Of all kinds of sickness. Notice verse 24. Then fame went out through all Syria. Wait a minute. He didn't have internet. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't have a, a PR committee running ahead of him. He just healed a few people. I wonder what began to happen. The kingdom, he's showing us something. When the kingdom begins to manifest, it's naturally going to draw. And then the Bible said, remember, I want us to get this right. It is the will of God for God's people to be well. To be whole. And if you're not, don't come under condemnation. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep pressing it. God, I'm going to believe you because your word says it. As I was praying, as I was sharing with their family about a God of miracles, I said if he doesn't, he's still able to do it. He's still able to do it. we got to keep pursuing. We're still believing Miss Adrienne. We don't give up, nor do we condemn. But I want us to get it sold in our heart and our spirit. The kingdom life is a life of health. Not for just a few, but for everyone that will believe. Am I not right? I heard the word of the Lord over you guys. Y'all got to teach this stuff to people. Because it is the will of God. Brother, Brother Hagen said, for when he, God was moving him and showing him about healing, said he was sick in one meeting, got there, he said, I couldn't hardly talk. Couldn't, didn't feel like it, but he said, I'm going to that meeting. And he said, I stood on the word that said by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And he said, God, you said I was healed. I'm not being healed. I am healed. So he started preaching, didn't even know if he'd had enough voice to be heard. And he just stood on that and he said, all of a sudden, that just totally left him. And God just kept doing things with his life. Look at your neighbors. It's the will of God for you to be well. We got to keep proclaiming it. We got to keep speaking it. That's a, oh, we got to keep going. Now notice what else happened. His fame has gone out. People are coming. And then notice what happened. Then they brought all of these sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demonized, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them all. He set them free. Now we got another point. Now we got, it is not the will of God for any of us to be addicted to anything but him no demonic stronghold of any kind over our lives. Do you notice we don't find in the scriptures, so I'll be stand to be corrected so y'all can, I didn't find anywhere where God said, well, you know, it's not in the Bible that God delivers alcoholics and God delivers drug addicts. And, but he said, he set these that were demon-possessed free. So here's what he's actually saying. I don't care if you're addicted to heroin, to meth, fentanyl, or whatever it is. You may be addicted to nicotine. It's the same spirit. As a matter of fact, we might as well break it down to this. Whatever we're addicted to, addiction can, is a spirit that grips us. He didn't have to identify everything. So here's the will of God. God wants all of his people free. Free. Look at your neighbor and say, He wants you free. Free from fear. I'm not talking about just bad junk. You know, stuff that we would consider bad. But there's people, all of us have probably got things. I know you're holier than I am, but that's why I'm going to fast because there's some things that need to be broken this boy. I look at a donut and that thing talks to me. (laughs) Oh, Jerry, see, he needs to be free too. But every one of us, no doubt, if we would get honest and let God really do, there's things that we need to be free from, the fear of man the fear of what people are thinking, the fear of failure, the fear of the future. I mean, fear, fear is one of the most demonic things. I, I really believe in the scripture. I'm not saying if you're dealing with fear, you're demon possessed at all, but that spirit is oppressing you. It's vexing your soul and God wants us free from it. Now notice what happens next. And great multitudes begin to follow him. Now, he just called these disciples, said, I'm going to make great fishermen out of you, but you're going to catch men instead of fish. And then he gives them this illustrated sermon because he said, guys, he said, because of the kingdom of God. Notice what his message was. Here's another thing. People can't believe on what they've not heard. People can't believe on what they've not heard. See, if we don't. This is something, and if all you talk about, if if everything that you deal with is warfare, what do you get? You get warfare. I mean, that's why some people battle, because I'm just into warfare. I'm not into warfare. I was at the nursing home yesterday, and one of Coach Kitchen's uncles was there, first time. And somebody said he's at the table there with these ladies, and somebody said, I think he looks like he's, you know, must be 90 years old. He he said, somebody said, he used to be a boxer. I said, dude, is that right? You are a boxer. Man, he threw those hands up like this. I said, man, don't, just put them down. I'm not here to fight. I said, I was meant to be a lover, not a fighter. But see, some people love to fight. But the reality is, if we don't preach healing, what happens? Nobody gets healed. If we don't preach deliverance, nobody gets freed. If we don't preach salvation, nobody gets saved. The scripture says in the book of Romans, how can they believe in whom they not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? So every one of us is called to proclaim. See, one of the things I believe as we look at this kingdom thing, we've limited everything that's in ministry to a few people or we've said this is my ministry instead of saying this is my life. Because if I don't make it up my life, then if I'm sitting on the sidelines and nobody, nothing's happening, I don't feel like I'm being used at all. I'm missing my platform. I'm missing my opportunity because this is a life that we live. So then, Jesus, I have to do this in more pieces than what I got even got near time for tonight. So Jesus takes these disciples to a mountain and he sets them down and he begins to teach them. And the first thing that he does, he gives them these things that we call the Beatitudes. And I want to give two of them to you so that you and I can can understand what he's saying. Listen to what he says. The very first one, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Now, let's make it real clear here. I believe this. All through the Bible, you're going to see it, especially New Testament, you're going to see times it's kingdom of heaven. You're going to see the kingdom of God. They're not two different spheres. It's the same one. Because even the Jews would not speak the name of God. So they would declare the kingdom of heaven, acknowledging that it is God or of God. So he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now remember what he's getting ready to do. Everything of this message is going to go counter to the culture of that day and counter to the culture of what we live. This is a counter, I think I'm saying this right. This is a counter-culture message. See, we're trying to fit in. We're not called to fit in. That's why Peter said we are a holy nation. The word holy, I came up in holiness. You guys did too and holiness was what we put on and took off. Well, that may be a part of it, and I do, but it is not near the whole of it. What it really means is I am like him. That's basically the biggest, the foundation of it. I am like them. So we're of the people of God. Remember, he said, you're gonna be my people, a peculiar, valued, you're a great value to me above all the people of the earth. So wait a minute, if they were going to fit in, he would have never said, you're going to be greater. I'm going to exalt you or I'm going to lift you up above all the people of the earth. Because the message of the kingdom is going to be counterculture to the age of which we're living. And boy, has there ever been a time that we need to counter everything that's going on in this hour and really reveal what is true. And when he's talking about being poor, Let's just deal with this and right here. He's not talking about having, not having any money. He's not talking about that at all. You remember the, the, the uh, there was a parable spoke that Jesus spoke. I believe it's in the book of Matthew or Mark. And he says something like this. There was a rich man, or it was a true story. A man come, rich man came to him and said, Master, what do I need to do to have eternal life? You remember that story? And Jesus and Jesus speaks to him and says, Well, take your goods, sell it, and give it to the poor. And the Bible said, The man went away sorrowful, for he had great riches. And his disciples are looking at this. And they're looking at him. And they say something like this. Or Jesus, let me say one more statement that Jesus said. Jesus said, how hard is it or how difficult is it for a rich man to enter in to the kingdom of God? How difficult is it for a rich man? And then the disciples, remember those fishermen guys and those other guys say something like this. Well then Lord, which of us can be saved so what they were actually saying was we've got wealth something we've got we've got to realize being poor isn't humble being poor isn't the kingdom being poor isn't god because he says this I don't want you worrying about where you're gonna eat, where you're gonna sleep, what you're gonna put on. In Matthew chapter six, verse 33, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. He Said my kingdom has more than enough, but sometimes we give, we give, we got this idea, if I'm poor, I must be godly, that's a lie. We can't do what we need to do if we're poor. We need to be expecting God. I really believe it in this next season to walk in the fullness in every area of our life. I was in a meeting the other night. This really caught my attention. Y'all know I went down to my friend, Pastor Curtis Truths for a healing meeting the other night. Place was full, had a great meeting. And he stopped and he said, how many of you need a financial breakthrough in this place? I'm on the front row because that's where he put me. He said, how many of you need a financial breakthrough in this place? I promise you 99% if not 100% of everybody in that room lifted their hands saying, I need more money. And even the offering, we're, we're raising money so that we can give to children that don't have stuff. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, even the church has bought into this thing to have enough and not to be lavished in a sense that it must not be godly if I'm doing that. I believe the day is coming because of the great wealth transfer that the wealth of the wicked is turned to the just. I pulled up beside, this is how most of it, I said, y'all don't think like I probably think, but I think a lot, well, he must be a drug dealer to be able to drive and live in something like that. He must be doing something on the side. See, we always look at things because we don't have, and our problem is it's not that we have a problem with him having it. We just want it, and we don't know how to get it. But I believe the day is coming. It's going to flip-flop, and the world's going to look at the church, and it's going to see the people of God flourishing. All right, if y'all don't want it, send it my way. i got stuff I want to do, and i got stuff I want to have. Hello, I got to take Michael to lunch for his birthday. I need some cash. He eats. (laughs) I'm serious. Think about that for a moment. There's healing in the kingdom. There's freedom in the kingdom. There's provision in the kingdom. He said, blessed are the... Poor in spirit. So when he says that, he's not dealing with the idea of being in poverty, but he's dealing with the idea of not needing anything. God, I'm poor. If I don't have you and your kingdom, then I really don't have anything. That's where it is. Listen, you can't survive without money and stuff. But money and stuff won't buy your way into heaven. Hello. It won't buy you into the blessings of God. Matter of fact, I got to bring this back down to earth. See how how we're always thinking of that place up there? And here's another part, Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, when you guys pray... Pray like this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done right here in this earth as it is in heaven. No more crying there, we're going to see the King. You remember those songs? No more dying there. We're going because it was all about going there. And we've missed a whole lot right here because all of our focus has been there. But brothers and sisters, the command of Jesus was call the will of what heaven is like right here. So some of you might all get ready to pave your driveway with gold. Some of you might all get ready to have a crystal sea. Come on, some of y'all are getting ready to have these fruit trees that line it up, that their leaves never fade in the most luscious fruit you've ever seen. Why? It's the will of heaven. Right. You know, I'm just a small portion of what heaven looks like. We don't even have a clue. You know, Jesus talks about mansions. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. I know the original translations really say it like this, are many dwelling places. But man, I don't think, I don't think that heaven, I just want a shack on the backside of glory. I don't think it's like that, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to bring condemnation on one person in this room. That's not the purpose. But the purpose for you and I is to see who we really are. We are citizens of heaven. We carry a greater authority than any authority in this earth. Somebody asked Rod Parsley years ago when I was running a net fellowship with them guys. And he was real big at that time in the, in the political scene. I think uh, George W. was running, and he was pushing for the state of Ohio. He had all these politicians, all these people coming into the church up there. And Man, some of these guys were fantastic. I mean, they were, they were I mean, you, you would know all the names that were there. And somebody asked Brother Parsley, he said, why don't you run for office? He said, why should I run for office? I sit in a higher authority than any of it if we could really start executing the authority of who we really are, I got an idea, Miss Pam, our communities would be a lot different, that we could stop a lot of the nonsense, but we're not convinced yet of who we really, really are. Wow. I sat with somebody today that, that, that takes care of people at the hospital, told me, and I mean people with great need, Said something, he said, I've never seen such a time where I people's identity don't have a clue of who they are, is at work in the earth. From saved to non-saved of what is happening in people's life. She so said, The blessed are the are the pure. One of the translations says it like this. I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it. Uh it was, a good, it was a good one. What did I do with that? Oh, here it is. Right, there's another place that talked about blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled. But basically this is what he's saying. Blessed are those who hunger more for spiritual things than material things, for here's what he was talking about, for they will know the secrets of God. We're supposed to know. Matter of fact, I think sometimes I've even done it. Well, you know, we just prophesy in part. But wait a minute—if I've got the Holy Spirit, I may ought to be prophesying in all of it. Think about that. Just let that resonate in you. He said, "Blessed are those who." And then, then verse ten, I got—I got to get this jet down. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Righteousness here is speaking more than just being right. It is speaking of more than just being right. It is speaking, rather, a complete orientation of the life toward God and His will that person can expect to be persecuted. There's a scripture I've quoted and prayed over the years and pray about our giving that says something like this. Uh, Jesus said in the book of Mark, I think it's chapter 10, he that gives houses and lands and fathers and brothers and sisters and mothers for my sake and the gospel I will in this present time give them a hundredfold and with persecution. Because sometimes you're persecuted over your blessing. Why you guys have that? And we the church are giving, we're giving preachers grief over stuff. What What do they need a $64 million airplane for? You don't do what they do. Hello, you don't do what they do. You don't have the call upon them. And they got the faith, to believe for it. Oh, but they're stealing from people. They ain't got a gun to anybody's head. But sometimes it's the persecution of what is happening even in the blessing of God. I remember years ago... I know it's talking about materialism. I'm not trying to go there. I'm just trying to make a point about what is in us. I decided years ago for me and my family, I wanted a luxury car. I had a minivan. Me and Diane had one of the first minivans when they first came out in our area, Little Dodge Caravan. Man, that thing was sharp. We were pastoring that church in our first couple years. That thing went on three vacations, two honeymoons, and we weren't on any of it. Because people had this idea. It's, you know, Pastor, can we borrow your car? We're going on a trip. Of course, this pastor, you know, yeah, go ahead and take it. And they did. They wore my car out as much as I did. I said, I want a luxury car. And my luxury car at that time was a Lincoln Town now, I could see those things. I still like a Lincoln. Matter of fact, I saw one the other day. I even went up to look at the sticker. I walked away. <laughs> but it still, still desired my heart. But I wanted to, I could see them Lincoln town cars, Mr. Jerry, I could see them five miles coming up the interstate coming at me. We'd go to the mall. I'd find one to park next to. I don't care if Diane had to walk the whole length of the parking lot. We're going to park there. And I'd tell her to touch it. Maybe ours would change. And I remember we'd go look. We'd take a drive in them. We'd do all that. And I remember. You see, this is it. You think it's real easy to grab everything. Sometimes it's not that God doesn't have it for you. We don't know how to walk in it. But when I went, we were going to, we, and we just a used one. And we're going to drive, Diane said, we were trying to, let's go by the church. and I said, no. What is people going to think if I pull up in that? See, I know y'all never think that way. But see, I believe God put a desire in my heart that he was trying to get something, and I realized that, wait a minute, it, was, it wasn't an issue with what was out there. It's an issue of what is in here. I believe most of the things of God that we're not seeing manifested isn't because it isn't there. It's not out there. It's what's going on right here. I talk about it, but I wasn't near ready to receive it. What are people going to think if I get that automobile and I drive up in it? We didn't get a Lincoln for the first one. I got me a a Cadillac Sedan DeVille. Oh, that thing was pretty. It was red red leather. It had gray bottom on. Man, that thing was sharp. It was like two blocks long. I like big cars. Yeah, my daughter, Stacy, had to learn how to drive in that thing. I remember us pulling up. But see, I didn't realize what I opened up when I began to say, God, I want you to give me the desires of my heart everybody in my church began to go to another place. And I never will forget when one of the poorest people in one of our people, I mean, they were, they bless their heart, sweet as she could be, come from a home of great dysfunction, but she was serving God with everything she knew. She lived in the projects in a rough place. And she said, Pastor, when we had that, she, we, and, and we were believing for a new house at that time. And and the Lord provided for us. And and we're getting ready to get into the first house that we had ever owned. And and she she kept coming and said, Pastor, I can't wait for you to get that new house. I can't wait for you and Miss Diane to get in that house. I mean, if she said it once, she said it a a hundred times. I finally had to stop and say, Mary, why do you keep telling me that? Because, Pastor, do you remember what happened? When you got that new car, everybody in the church began to get new cars. And I believe, Mary, I believe, Pastor, that when you get into that house, it's going to open up houses for people that had never been able to get one. And it did. And me and Diane had the privilege on a Sunday afternoon of going to a a certain place in Paducah. And there we, we dedicated a brand new house and a brand new car that belonged to Mary. See, here's the deal. If you and I don't embrace the kingdom of God, how how can even others walk into it? Damien was in town. I got to shut down. I can't, I'm I'm not even a quarter through. Damien was in town helping uh, Chad back there with the little project. and, And we got to talking to him about Argentina. And he's touching the untouched people groups in Argentina. It's hard to imagine people that don't know Jesus have never heard the gospel. I said, Damien, what what do they believe in? He said, they believe in Mother Earth. They believe in the power of the earth. And he said, we just go in and he said, God makes a way and we talk to him about Jesus. And uh, I said, how easy is it? And he made a statement to me. I knew, Miss Judy, you'll know this, that I knew. He said, you know how we get the villages? He said, I get the king. And he said, when I get the king, it opens the village. Now, you remember, I got it close. I promise I'm closing. (laughs) You remember what Paul said to the Philippian jailer? If you and your house can believe, if you can believe, that's how he said, if you can believe, then you and your house can be saved. I believe what he was saying to that jailer just like God opened this door you'll be the doorway to open it up to all of your family and all of your acquaintances. And I believe that is how the kingdom if we will become citizens of the kingdom and really manifesting the kingdom of God it opens up the doorway for our kids, for our families to walk through and to know Jesus. And I believe even our friends that are around us I believe it's time for the kingdom of God to manifest. I told one of our people here the other day that uh, I'm glad that, what's y'all's name over there that just got married? Uh, Michael and Amanda. The McKnight's are in the house again tonight. Thank God. But you know the world they come out of. They don't, they're not identifying there no more. They're a brand new family. Got a, they're brand new people. But I talked, there was a whole group of people at their wedding the other day that knew, knew them and walked through them through a course of a lot of their life. And I had one of them come and meet with me the other day that was bringing me about an idea that he had. And here's what I said. I said, are you going to lead them? Or are you just going to dwell among them? So I want to say that to us. Are we going to lead them? Are we just going to dwell among them? Because I can just dwell among them and nobody's going to change. But if I can be a leader of them, then I can bring them out of that and see transformation. And that will move from one to another to another to another. The kingdom of God. You are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Come on and stand with me tonight. Thank you for your attentiveness and attention with me. Father, I thank you God, I know that I'm just scratching. I want to know more, Father. And I ask tonight for all of us in this room that you would grant to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be open, that we will know the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in us. God, that we can be what Peter said, that peculiar people, that holy nation, that chosen generation that is showing forth. The glory of God. That we're showing forth the glory of God. We are carriers. Not only we're carriers. I'm just declaring you are the glory of God. You are the glory of God. You are the glory of God. Quit looking for it. If you want to see it, go look in the mirror and say, I'm the glory of God. And carry it everywhere you go. Good night, everybody. God bless you. Have a great, great rest.